0: Hello, friends. Pastor Lowell here with the Return to Rome series. This is number four. And before we begin, let's have just a short prayer. Heavenly Father, as again today, we turn our attention to prophecy, end-time prophecy. We pray that you would guide our minds and our thoughts. Bless our listeners, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're beginning Section 2 of the Return to Rome series. Today, we're going to be looking at the Pope Francis Effect and Agenda. Pope Francis was elected the 266th Pope of the Roman Catholic Church back in 2013. He is the first Pope to be elected from the Americas. He's also the first Pope that came from the Southern Hemisphere. He is the first pope that took the name Francis, which is named after Francis Assisi. But what's interesting, the co-founder of the Jesuit order was also named Francis, Francis Javier. And Pope Francis has definitely been a very different kind of pope. He rides in simple cars. He lives in a simple apartment in the Vatican Hotel rather than living in the opulent papal palace and people love him young and old many books have been written about him movies have been made about him in fact Algiers news this year february 2 of 2020 said pope francis every man pontiff profile and then they had a long profile of the pope and what it said in one of the aspects or one of the sections of the news was Francis is one of the most popular popes in living memory. The Bible said that all the world would wander after the beast. You may remember we read that from Revelation 13, verse 3, which means the whole world will follow after they, are, they marvel and follow after the beast. And as Great Controversy, page 439 tells us, This symbol, that's the beast of Revelation 13, as most Protestants have believed, represents the papacy. And of course we understand the Pope is the head of the papacy. Now in order for all the world to wander after the beast, at least five things must have taken place. We talked about this earlier. Number one, the death of Protestantism. Number two, a positive view of the papacy number 3 religious unification number 4 removal of competition to where rome has no other contenders seeking to control the world and then number 5 a common a global common problem or global common enemy and in our last section we looked at the death of protestantism which took place essentially back in 2017 Catholic Herald in 2015 said, Francis is convinced that the Reformation is already over. And then from the Washington Post in 2017, we read from a Protestant who said, quote, 500 years after its inception, we are witnessing the end of the Reformation, end of quote. So we have recognized, number one, that Protestantism has died essentially. The only thing left is to bury the coffin. So we're moving on now in section two to the positive view of the papacy. Is there a positive view of the papacy globally? And I think we would all agree the answer to that is yes. Pope Francis, wherever he goes, he draws crowds. He is a popular personage. When he visited Philippines back in 2015, He drew a crowd of somewhere between six and seven million people. That is the largest crowd that has ever gathered in all human history to listen to one man. He has been called the people's pope, Pope Francis. The religion news service back in 2017, this is January 18 of 2017, said this, Pope Francis' popularity among Americans goes from high to higher. Uh, There's a lot of politicians that would like to have that kind of rating, where their popularity goes from high to higher. In 2013, he was named the person of the year on Time magazine, their cover uh, article. New York Times in 2015 said this, this was September 23 of 2015, quote, he, that's the Pope, Pope Francis, he speaks and millions listen, whether they are Muslim or Baptist, Hindu or atheist, end of quote. Now you notice Catholics are not even mentioned in that list. Of course, we expect that Catholics would listen to the Pope, but here we have Muslims listening Baptists, that would be Protestants listening, Hindus listening, and Atheists listening. You may remember about a year ago, 2019 in February, Pope Francis visited the Middle East. He is the first Roman Catholic Pope to visit the Arabian Peninsula. He went to the United Arab Emirates. And there he had a mass. In fact, this was the first mass ever to be celebrated on the Arabian Peninsula. Now, you understand that the Arabian Peninsula is the seat of Islam. That's where Islam was born. And Islam has for centuries uh, attacked uh, Catholic worship. They call it idolatry. That for the first time in history, Catholic worship was set up on the Arabian Peninsula. Now, something we need to remember, back of all of his popularity and fame, Pope Francis is a Jesuit. Let me read again from the Fox News. This is October 30, 2016. We read this, I think, in our first study of this series. It said, quote, Pope Francis is traveling to Sweden to join Lutheran leaders for a joint commemoration of the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. The anniversary of Monk Martin Luther's challenge to Catholic dogma may not seem like an event to celebrate from the Vatican's perspective, but, from, but Francis' participation is part of the Vatican's wider efforts to mend ties with other Christians. For history's first Jesuit Pope, the visit is particularly significant given the Jesuits were founded to defend the Catholic faith from Protestant reformers. And I might mention the Jesuits were founded not just to defend the Catholic faith from Protestant reformers, but they were actually founded to defeat Protestantism. Now that brings us to the question who are the Jesuits? The Jesuits are today the largest single religious order of priests and brothers in the Catholic Church. Jesuit simply means follower of Jesus, the society of Jesus. And the Jesuits have been feared for centuries. I'm going to read a statement from a Baptist theologian. This is Sean Wilcock. He said this about the Jesuits, quote, The Jesuits are... The secret army of the papacy, ruthlessly dedicated to the advancement of the Roman Catholic religion, the the dominion of the world, dominating the world, that is, the domination of the world, and the total destruction of Protestantism. I thought that was an amazing statement. The total destruction of Protestantism. He says, they are the most dangerous order of priests within the Roman Catholic religion, and indeed, the most dangerous organization of men the world has ever known. End of quote. Now remember, Pope Francis is a Jesuit. Let me share with you some statements from famous men over the last uh, few years, centuries, relating to the Jesuits. The Jesuits, we understand, were an order that was zealous in opposing the Reformation. Here is what Samuel F.B. Morris said. You know who Samuel Morris is? Have you heard of the Morris Code? Have you heard of the Telegraph? He was the one that invented the Telegraph. He said this, The Jesuits are a secret society, a sort of Masonic order with super-added features of revolting odiousness and a thousand times more dangerous. The Jesuits are the deadly enemies of civil and religious liberty, End of quote. That was Samuel Morris, the inventor of the Telegraph. Now I'm going to read to you a statement from Napoleon Bonaparte. You remember he tried to conquer the world. He said this about the Jesuits, quote, The Jesuits are a military organization, not a religious order. Their chief is a general of an army, not the mere father abbot of a monastery. And the aim of this organization is power, power in its most despotic exercise, absolute power, universal power, power to control the world by the volition of a single man. Of course, that would be the Pope. Jesuitism is the most absolute of despotisms, and at the same time the greatest and most enormous of abuses. End of quote. That was a statement from Napoleon Bonaparte. All right, now I'm going to read to you a statement from Adolf Hitler about the Jesuits. He said, "Quote: <clears throat> Above all, I have learned from above all, I have learned from the Jesuits." And so did Lenin, too, as far as I recall. The world has never known anything quite so splendid as the hierarchical structure of the Roman Catholic Church. So he's speaking of the Jesuits in glowing terms, Adolf Hitler. He says, continuing, there were quite a few things I simply appropriated from the Jesuits for the use of the Nazi Party, end of quote. You know, perhaps, that the Jesuits were founded by St. Ignatius Loyola back in 1534 with the aims of defending the papacy and Catholicism against the Reformation and to undertake missionary work around among the heathen. I want to read to you now from the book Great Controversy what Ellen White had to say about the Jesuits. This is Great Controversy, page 234. That's easy to remember. Page two, three, four. Ellen White says, Throughout Christendom, Protestantism was menaced by formidable foes. The first triumphs of the Reformation passed. Rome summoned new forces hoping to accomplish its destruction. The destruction of what? Protestantism. Reading on, she says, at this time, the order of the Jesuits was created. The most cruel, unscrupulous, and powerful of all the champions of popery. cut off from earthly ties and human interests, dead to the claims of natural affection, reason and conscience wholly silenced. They knew no rule, no tie but that of their order, and no duty but to extend its power. End of quote. That's from the Great Controversy. Now I'm going to read to you a statement from the Jesuit Extreme Oath of Induction. This is an amazing oath that the Jesuits take when they become a Jesuit. And I'm going to share that with you next time. Join us again next time as we continue our series, Return to Rome. As we end, let's have a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to stand true for truth, true to you at end time. Continue to teach us and give us courage in these days we live in. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, friend, God be with you until we meet again.